Hello, and welcome to the podcast, The Vivifier. We rise, we rise together. Now, if you've been following me on social media, or if you have gone to my website, you've seen that I've been taking a lot of time to speak about BDSM. For those of you who are new here, I have spent 13 years professionally as a dominatrix. I also spent time as a submissive. I spent time as a switch, which is someone who is both dominant and submissive. And so I have a lot of years of experience that I bring forward in these conversations. Now, I also started talking about the effects of Neo-Tantra and the connection with BDSM. Now, Neo-Tantra has started to, well, not started to, supports BDSM. And like I said, I'm not surprised because Neo-Tantra has become or is and has been really a hindrance to healthy sexuality. And therefore, when I've seen the connection of BDSM and Neo-Tantra, it just brings another dangerous layer because Neo-Tantra brings forward this bypassing. And again, another level of misusing the goddess and saying things, you know, in, in so many words that people need their penis or vagina in order to be healed and saved. And this bypassing that it's bringing to BDSM is another level of danger because like BDSM, Neo-Tantra has a cult following. And so all of the people who are suffering, the people who have been abused, the people, the many people who have been raped, the people who have turned to suicide after their experiences of Neo-Tantra have not had a way to get out of Neo-Tantra because Neo-Tantra, just like BDSM, is entrenched with massive amounts of gaslighting and also a type of groupthink that keeps people in this very terrifying space. And it's very difficult to get away from abuse, especially if you're surrounded by people gaslighting you and telling you that the experience that you're having, the terror that's coming up for you is not real, that you're just not healthy enough, that you not being, uh, not allowing someone to sexually abuse you or molest you or take control of your orgasms means you just, you just haven't reached that level yet. And you need to engage in the abuse for a longer amount of time, which quite, which by the way, is actually just telling people and enrolling people in allowing themselves to be groomed. Just like in BDSM. So now, are there a finite group of Neo-Tantra practitioners who do not practice Neo-Tantra this way? Yes, but not enough to call them what Neo-Tantra is. So it's these finite group of healthy Neo-Tantra practitioners who do not engage in the sex trafficking, who do not support sexualized violence that is BDSM, who do not tell people, who do not try and control people's orgasms, who actually keep their clothes on and can have conversations with people that have nothing to do with manipulating their sexuality. Very, very finite group of people. It's not my focus to have that conversation because my focus is to give voice to the victims of Neo-Tantra, to the, vic the survivors of Neo-Tantra, along with the victims of BDSM and any type of abuse. I'm standing by the voice of the victims. So those finite group of very select few Neo-Tantra practitioners, the onus falls on them to have that conversation and to distinguish themselves from the neo-tantra that is 
Again, they do not encompass Neo-Tantra, so they're not enough for me to say these finite group of people are what Neo-Tantra is. And so the onus is theirs. It's a heavy responsibility to create a, a revival of anything. However, for those who are passionate about it, it's no, it's, it's hard work, but it's a labor of love. So for the finite group of Neo-Tantra practitioners who are actually in service to you know, health instead of their ego, that's up to them. That's up to them to create a new listening, to re create a revival of Neo-Tantra that is distinct from the Neo-Tantra that is, from the sex trafficking, the BDSM, the bypassing, the, the you know, telling people to worship them. That is their responsibility and not my focus. So those in Neo-Tantra who may be confronted by what I'm saying about Neo-Tantra, those Neo-Tantra practitioners, for them to come to a space where I'm speaking about the victims of Neo-Tantra and the survivors of Neo-Tantra, that is not the thing to do. Anytime there is a space for victims and survivors, it is completely disrespectful and it is a form of silencing victims and survivors to come up and show up and say, oh, that's not how I practice it. Great, good for you. Go create that listening then. You go ahead, create the revival of Neo-Tantra, you know, create a distinction, show people what that is. That's not what I'm doing. I'm creating a very clear space so that there are no murky waters when Neo-Tantra survivors and victims come to me and I'm off talking about what Neo-Tantra can be. Not my focus, not my place. My focus is the survivors themselves. So go create that Neo-Tantra, go live that, awesome. That's not what I'm doing and that's not what I need to do. Because if I start to play around with, oh, but these Neo-Tantras don't, anybody can say that they are those finite group of Neo-Tantra healthy practitioners. You know, even the unhealthy ones can try and, and piggyback off of them. So it creates murky waters in, in the space of Neo-Tantra survivors and victims. I'm not, I'm, that's not what I'm about. I am very clear. Neo-Tantra is sex trafficking. Neo-Tantra is abuse. Neo-Tantra is, you know, this manipulation and pimping. And I, I'm not going to support that. Again, to the finite group of Neo-Tantra practitioners who actually practice Neo-Tantra in a healthy way, the revival is in your hands, not my focus. I'm going to speak to the reality of what Neo-Tantra is and the people who have survived and been victimized by Neo-Tantra. That's my focus. Very clear, gotta keep that space very clear because if people are trying to leave Neo-Tantra and leave a Neo-Tantric abuser and, and I go muddling up with, oh, well, you know, there are this finite group of people who, who like, and, and start to so, like speak conversations of, well, this is what Neo-Tantra is. It doesn't support those who have been victimized, abused, primped, trafficked to get away. It can just create another unhealthy connection with someone. It can also create uh, that person staying in place and, and brainwashing themselves to believe that the abusive Neo-Tantra practitioner they are with is really just a healthy practitioner and they're not seeing things right. So I'm gonna say that again. The onus is on the finite group of Neo-Tantra practitioners to clean house. You go do that. I've seen a very finite group of people who are capable. I don't know how long that's gonna take, but 
I cannot say that those healthy practitioners, those finite group are what Neo-Tantra is because that's not true. So go ahead, take on the work, shift that, change it, transform it. Cool. But that is not what Neo-Tantra is in standing. It does not. It is not what those finite group of people is. It is sex trafficking. It is a supporter of BDSM. And so I am going to call it out because there cannot be a place where BDSM hides anywhere. And so BDSM, it's just very, you know, it's abuse, bottom line. And there are people who have tried to say, well, I'm not the, you know, like I said, I used to say this myself. I'm not abusive. I, you know, that's not what BDSM is. If it's not safe, sane, or consensual, you can't do that. There cannot be while there's a possibility of a neo-tantra revival by these finite group of healthy practitioners, you cannot do that with BDSM. And that, and in that, there is a difference between the possibility of the finite group of healthy neo-tantra practitioners and the reality of BDSM as a whole. There is no such thing as practicing BDSM in a healthy way. When I used to say that, oh, I, I'm just one of the select few in BDSM that don't do that, there is no distinction between BDSM and abuse. Now, as I've said, I've stated before, I have dived into, like I have, I've gone into BDSM in ways and in levels that most people have not. I was going to create a, a BDSM school. So I actually had started the work of creating the courses. I had started the work of creating, you know, the graduation levels, all this crap. Like I was putting it all together. I dove into BDSM, seeing if it could be spiritual. I dove into it, like, and I experienced all these different things, and and I pulled it apart. And what I realized when I was creating this, for all of my, you know, hawing about that, oh, if it's not, if it's BDSM, it's safe, sane, and consensual, and if it's not, it's just abuse. What I got very clear on is there is no line. I realized there was no distinction between BDSM and abuse. I got very clear. And so that was the beginning of the end for me. And that, and it still took me years later to just dive deeper in, in, into it because what happens is right now BDSM is so linked into the sex positive conversation, which is terrifying because there's a lot of gaslighting that goes into keeping BDSM as a conversation of sex positivity. There is no such thing as sex positive sexualized violence. That is not real. That is a fallacy. It's gaslighting. It's a very dangerous and deadly form of gaslighting to tell people that sexualized violence is an important part of the sex positivity conversation. And then to tell people who are speaking up to sexualized violence that they are not sex positive. Now, recently I posted something about, let's stop using the term kink positive and let's call it for what it is, abuse friendly, okay? So there's, I, I've spoken about this before and you'll hear me talk about it more because there's an alarming reality that within therapy and within sex therapy, there are sex addicts who are sex therapists and who are therapists who have found a really perfect place to hide, okay? And so it's been a relief to hear 
that other therapists are very concerned about this. Now, by the way, the therapists who are concerned about these acting out therapists are also primarily silenced because of the gaslighting of BDSM. Think about that. I want you to think about that for a second. Healthy therapists are often afraid to speak up and out to BDSM and to the dangers of sex therapists and therapists who are promoting sexualized violence because BDSM has inserted itself so gravely and so deeply into the sex positive conversation by the form of gaslighting. We are talking about healthy mental health professionals who are having their voices shut down by BDSM and whose counterparts are able to act out freely. So you have these therapists because therapists are people, right? They're human beings. So absolutely sex addicts can, you know, therapists can be sex addicts who are not in recovery. And, and here's the crazy part is a lot of them say they've studied sex addiction. What did you study about it? How to keep it hidden or how it's not you, it must be someone else. And who are you qualifying as a sex addict when you're acting out? What qualifies as a sex addict then? You know, so it's a, it's BDSM has marred healthy conversations and has now marred mental health conversations. So this is very dangerous. This is very dangerous. So there's, there is no possibility of a quote unquote revival with BDSM from cover to cover BDSM is abuse period. And that is a distinction between BDSM and the finite groups of neo-tantra who, again, it's up to them to create a healthy revival. There's a possibility for a healthy revival. Again, not my focus. BDSM, however, and this is this is an important distinction between the neo-tantra conversation and BDSM, cannot be revived because there is no level of BDSM that is not abuse. It's all abuse. Now, there are part people who say in BDSM, um, and again, I'm speaking of neo-tantra in, as a whole and as it stands, not as a finite group of people, but neo-tantra is abuse and sex trafficking and enrolling and cult behavior. And in that way, it's very similar. You know, it has those similarities with BDSM. And the distinction is the finite group of healthy practitioners. Again, not my focus. And so BDSM, here, here's a, another form of gaslighting within BDSM. So in BDSM, people will say, well, I don't focus on the pain as if the, <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry. It's just so crazy. Sometimes I'm like, how am I having these conversations? Why? Okay. Anyway, so I don't focus on the pain. I just tie people up. Okay. So humiliation is no pain. Humiliation is a psychological level of pain. Now here is the dangerous part of BDSM and bondage and shibari. Okay, first of all, shibari is a, is a type of rope bondage. It's a Japanese rope bondage. The focus of shibari was created for prisoners of war. Okay, it was created to humiliate them. That was the focus of shibari. Now people are, are trying to say, well, I, I can revive that. No, you can't. Okay, you cannot revive bondage. There is the whole focus of bondage is humiliation and the dangers of bondage. You can actually 
You can hurt someone, you can kill off a limb, you can create necrotic tissue. There is this weird fetish, well, fetishes are weird anyway, but of binding women's breasts, okay? And the the psychological metaphors, you know, you could spend days on that alone and the humiliation of women and humiliation of women's bodies. So the binding of women's breasts are done to the point where there you can create necrotic tissue. If you you bind up someone and you cut off circulation, you can create necrotic tissue, which can actually become uh, very dangerous for that person later on. So anyway, bondage is not, I mean, people are like, oh, well, you know, and I understand, I lived it. I was bound. I I have had all of these experiences already. I know what this is. I'm not coming from a book. I didn't read it. I didn't think about it. I didn't hear about it. I lived it. I did it. I did bondage. I was put in bondage. I know the ins and outs of this. I studied it. Okay. So there are points that the, the bondage hits meridian points in the body. These are the same meridian points that are used for um, acupressure and acupuncture. And so I used to say is, oh, bondage is just another form of acupressure. No, it's not, okay? Bondage is another form of confusing the body and normalizing humiliation and normalizing uh, and grooming someone, okay? Because you're using, you're misusing a person's points in their bodies to create a normalization of a situation that's not freaking normal. So then this ways, in these ways, bondage is, um, BDSM gets credit for things that have nothing to do with BDSM and that are actually being misused in BDSM. So there are so many levels of this, just these gaslighting that happens within BDSM. And so I'm going to keep diving deeper into it. I'm going to keep diving deeper into things that are connecting and helping BDSM be bypassed, just like the neo-tantra community. And I've said my piece about the finite. I've already said it. Okay. So that's, I'm clear. And that's a conversation that I'm going to have. And I'm going to be very clear so that victims and survivors have a clear space to come that is not muddled by what ifs or maybe. Because those who are trying to get away from these psychological abusers in Neo-Tantra and BDSM, those who are trying to get away from the rapists that are in BDSM and Neo-Tantra, those who are trying to get away from BDSM, but then get this added point of bypassing that Neo-Tantra is bringing to BDSM, victims and survivors near clear space where there is no nothing there's no maybes there's no kind of it's very clear that this is harmful this is hurtful and people deserve to be safe so i'm going to be having those conversations so thank you for listening and i know you could have been doing anything today but you took time to listen to this podcast and I'm grateful. Thank you. And I am going to be putting a link to my website. If you have not checked it out, you can check that out there. I post blog posts pretty regularly on there and feel free to leave a comment. And again, to all of the people who are, who want to say, not me, be respectful of the space of victims and survivors. This is not the place for your voice. Okay. There's a lot of people who are very clear and, and, very entitled to jump in and say, oh, that's not what I, go 
you know, if it's BDSM, sorry, you're full of crap. All of it's abuse. That's just period. If it's Neo Tantra, go create the listening for the healthy Tantra that you believe in, not my place and not what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a space for the victims and survivors. So just know that this is not people who, who do this. They're so like the Neo Tantra practitioners who are going to get outraged and be like, well, I have to have my say. You do have your say everywhere you go. You have your say, you know, you don't have to have your say absolutely freaking everywhere. There needs to be a space that is primarily and only focused on the survivors and victims, because there's a lot of people who the, all of the not me's, and I've said this before, all of the not me's, Oh, not me's these survivors and victims are living in a world of not me's. So these survivors and victims, their voices get shut down by the not me's. And because these not me's are so entitled to their precious opinion all of the time, it doesn't give space for the voices of victims and survivors because there's a self self-importance bravado of not me instead of saying, you know what? Yeah, that is what Neo-Tantra is. And I am fighting hard to create a healthy experience of Neo-Tantra and Yes, absolutely. There needs to be a space for neo-tantra victims and survivors and BDSM victims and survivors who are now becoming who are now being silenced as well by neo-tantra and the sex trafficking that is going on on both. So that's what I have to say on that. And catch you guys on the ne- next podcast of the Vivifier. We rise, we rise together.